0: From the minute we wait, we can choose to have, we can choose to be mad at the world or we can choose to have compassion. We can choose, you know, to have a good day. We can choose to be, you know, angry or, you know, I mean, it's just always a choice. We can choose to get out of bed. We can choose to stay in bed. I mean, it's, um, it's always a choice. Oh,
1: yeah! Always, yeah.
0: really. Everything that we do is a choice, and when you think about it that way, when when you become the empowered one, so so that that we're empowering ourselves, right? right. To become who we want to be, we get to paint the picture, we get to write the next right. chapter, right. and um, and it's all in the words that we say.
1: <laughs> Brian's very happy about this conversation. Oh, yeah, that's- you got to
0: accentuate the positive. Wow.
1: Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. It's always wonderful to be with you again. And gee, we're nearly at the end of the year, coming up to Christmas 2020. What an amazing year it has been. I have the gorgeous Paige Lee to chat with on the show today. I was going to say introduce you to, but Paige has done so many um, podcast shows. You've probably met Paige before. Welcome to the show, Paige. (laughs) Thank you, Karen. It's so good to be here. I'm really happy. Thank you an amazing story and please remember if you're liking the shows enjoying the conversations to share and subscribe and press that like button and all that good stuff and 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 put a comment you know with the comments and the liking you know why people say this on all their podcast shows because the algorithms on any of the platforms the more you like shows and comments it actually helps the algorithms share the shows that's why we all harass you to put you know share and like and all that sort of stuff subscribe subscribe anyway let me read your bio and we'll get into your story it's a story of awakening Paige and I were just talking about the book awakened by death that Cyrus and I put out a couple of years ago and Paige's awakening story came through that very that very way as did mine with the death of mum a thousand years ago Paige Lee's spiritual awakening happened abruptly after the death of her 23 year old son Brian who was killed in September 2008 as the only world she ever knew shattered a new world opened a world filled with hope connection with spirit and love a world that allowed her to continue her relationship with brian and opened her to her true sense of being Paige is driven to help people who are struggling to release their fears, negative blocks, and diminish their belief systems about who they think they are. She wishes to remind you of your true nature and that you are a beautiful, shining soul filled with love and light, that when you let go of the paradigms that you have held, you prisoner in your grief and fear limiting your ability to thrive, you can live a life filled with peace, abundance, joy, and purpose, even after the most tragic circumstances. Her book, Choose to Believe, was born from the pact she made with her son, Brian, after his death to share their story and to help others overcome the profound grief the death of a loved one can cause. Today, Paige is an author, speaker, certified grief coach and healer trained in Reiki and pranic healing a former helping parents heal affiliate director she now serves as a caring listener for the organization Paige lives with her husband Dwayne on a small acreage near Boise Idaho where she puts her passion for nature and gardening to good use (laughs) you must have a beautiful garden Paige
0: it, it well just flowers so I I am not a vegetable garden but most people when you hear garden they think of vegetables I love flowers so I do have many many flowers
1: <laughs> oh beautiful all
0: righty well let's get into your story what happened uh, yes. So Brian was my only living child. And then my husband has two children. So we were a family of five. We were a blended family of five. And uh, Brian had gone to college in, in uh, California. And uh, he was murdered while he was there. He had finished one degree, was in the process of finishing his second degree at the film school there at USC. And he was murdered one night while walking home from the bar with two friends. And he um, you know, then that was that was when it all began. Was really that that morning at that five a.m. phone call that I received from his friend, saying, you know, Brian was in a fight. He's in the hospital. You know, I, they won't tell me anything. Can you can you try to find out and call me back? And of course, with all the privacy laws that you know, I mean, they wouldn't tell me anything because Brian was an of age and of age adult, and they wouldn't tell me anything. And then later, um, later that morning, maybe in the next hour, the dean of student affairs at USC called me, and he said, "Well, I'm calling. I have news about your son." Brian. And I said, Oh, I know, I know he was, you know, hurt and taken to the hospital. What do you know? And he goes, Oh, oh, so you know, your son has died. And I'm like, No, no, I didn't know I didn't know that and screamed. And you know, and that was when it all began. So it was uh, 12 years ago, which is shocking to me, to be honest with you that it was 12 years ago, because I never thought I would survive a day, um, or a week or a month or a year or five years. And now here it is 12 years later. So. it just, there is no time, there is no space, you know, and, and yet some days can feel like so much time and, and then you look back on time and it, and it seems like yesterday. So, you know, it's hard to make sense of it all sometimes.
1: During those first days, I know like when you're in the grief, you're not um, really uh, present to signs around you. But looking back now that you've awakened, was there signs from Brian going on that you remember? In the early days? Yeah, like right after... Right after,
0: well, you know, there was the, there was the dream from my grandma three weeks before he died. And that's the, that's how my book begins is with that dream kind of, kind of warning my soul that it was time, you know, it was time. This is what we, this is what we talked about. This is what we planned Mm -hmm. for. It's coming. Mm -hmm. And of course I didn't understand what any of that meant at the time, but looking back, it was like, oh gosh, I get it. She was mourning me. Um, And then the hearing Brian audibly call out my name three weeks after he died was what really set everything in motion. Um, In the three weeks prior to him, no, I would have to say I really don't remember um, anything that I would have been considered a sign because I was so just devastated and we had to go to LA and we had to deal with, you know, the university officials and all of that, which, you know, I mean, it was just, and then funeral arrangements. So I think Well, you may remember from losing your mom that you just don't remember much of anything. It's just, you're just dealing with detail after detail, trying to take care of what you need to take care of, um, to, to take care of them. Because in those early days, it's all about, you know, I want to do the best I can do for him. And even like picking up the casket was incredibly hard, incredibly hard. I just wanted nothing but the best, you know, for him. Nothing was, nothing was good enough for him. Right. So it's just all those little decisions that you that have to be made. And I think those things and the deep, deep grief cloud us. Um, I think it's oh, like definitely. a gray cloud that we wear.
1: And I think it is more difficult for them to come through anyway. Well, it is, but, and they oh. knock themselves out to give us signs and, and, um, we do. and we, you know, like I remember, Uh, a relative dying in New Zealand. I mean, I was totally awake. This was only about, I don't know, eight years ago seven years ago, and she was flickering the lights and (laughs) televisions were turning off and on. Like she was actually before she died, her husband died a couple of years before, and he was turning off and on televisions and the cat was doing strange things. There were so many signs, so many signs. Uh, But you have to be present to them. And I I know in your grief, you just think, oh, the cat's strange or what's going on with the lights? You know, you don't actually think that that's a sign at the time. That's why I say looking back. So what was the dream... Your, your grandmother would tell us
0: more about that it was it was my recollection of it is very brief but you know I'm sure the difference between a dream and a dream visit at the time I didn't have any idea what that you know what it was um but all I remembered was I awoke the next morning and I remember. Seeing I was seated at grandma's feet. She was in a. She was seated in a chair and I was like on the floor um, with my, you know, with my arms up on her knee, I guess that kind of an image. I was an adult, you know, she was her beautiful self. My grandma was so beautiful, the most beautiful skin and long silver gray hair that she brushed out every night would brush out her hair. And, and that was exactly how she appeared. She was wearing um, a long white, you know, gown, flowing gown, very angelic. And she looked at me, and she said, she put her hand on my shoulder, I believe, and she said, "It's okay, you'll be with us soon," and that's all I remembered. And so I, I woke up the next morning, and it just so vivid in my mind. And I thought I was going to die. I really did. And I thought, oh my gosh, my grandma's telling me it's my time. And so um, because it, I was so, um, it was so real that I knew it. Even though I knew nothing, I knew that it wasn't just a dream, right? Because it was so real. I knew that she had visited me. So I started to get my affairs in order. And I mean, made a list of things that my husband would need to know and just all of that stuff. And then um, turned out then, of course, that I wasn't the one that died it was Brian that died. Mm. So I do believe in soul planning and um, all of these things. And I know that Brian and I planned this together. And I've been told by spirit, even as recently as yesterday, that it has been much harder than I thought it would be. And I acknowledge that and they acknowledge that it's like this whole journey has been much harder than I thought it would be. And um, but yet, you know we planned it together and so I honor that. And when when I learned that, when I learned about that component and that piece of it, that made the healing much easier because it's like, I have to honor the choice that we made. We planned this together and we planned that I would be here and you would be there and we would work together and we would help other people. And so of course I have to honor that. And so that has helped a little bit make my journey. I know I'm jumping way ahead, but that has helped make the journey a little bit easier. Oh, and then fun. after he died, when he called out to me that first time, then all the things that you were talking about started happening. So in that like fourth week, third and fourth week, that's when the TV would come on and off and the, you know, the, uh, we all played, I, I Pods at that time. I don't even know if anybody has an iPod anymore. But you know, iPod would start and stop, and all the lights would flicker and go on and off, and all these crazy things would happen. And that was when all that started. So I think I was just telling my group last night that I um, that I work with that it's almost like it's like we 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 open one door and spirits like oh good all right she cracked that door open so we're going to go a little deeper and all right she cracked that open and now we're going to go a little deeper, and the more we allow and receive, the more they give us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Ever expanding journey of awareness uh, in every sense of the word, not just with our dead relatives, but with our connection to our own soul, with our connection to our spiritual team, who could be comprised of dead, you know, relatives, but uh, uh, it can be a whole gang, a whole mob of ascended masters and angels and ets and spirit guides you know it can be a whole mob but um yeah ever expanding journey of awareness Uh, okay so let's um hear about when you know you first started like thinking about spirituality, because the thing about death, I remember chatting with Elisa Medhus, who was brought up by militant atheists, she said. So spirituality was (laughs) never something she ever thought about. And if she did, she was like, yeah, I'll get around to thinking about that one day. I'm too busy with five kids and and a medical practice. But when her son died, you know, she started really, thinking about it like where do you go when you die not something a quest not a question most people think of really until death visits them like where do you go and I thought where do you go and if you go somewhere then we've come from that place so where is that yeah
0: going on with you I was raised, um, I have a chapter in the book that uh, that talks about, um, you know, kind of religion versus spirituality, because I was, re- I was raised Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. But really, for my family, what that meant was dressing us up at Easter, you know, with the dresses and the gloves and the little purses and, you know, marching us all off to Sunday school. And, you know, there would be three or four times a year where we would get kind of dressed up and, you know, marched off to, to Sunday school. But that was really kind of it. There wasn't um, talk about God in our home, you know, not in a nice Way Anyway, I was raised um, by alcoholic parents. And, you know, it just was not a part of our being. Um, We were exposed to church, we were exposed to religion, my only belief prior to Brian dying, I did believe in God, I didn't know what that meant. But I did believe in a god, um, and I and I believed that heaven. I believed that you know when we die, we go to heaven, this place up there. You know what I mean? That we can't we can't touch it, we can't see it, we can't feel it, but it's there, and that's where all you know, where so all my people are going to go if they do a good, you know, if they're good here and if they behave themselves, and so that was all I knew. So when Brian died, I was pretty overcome with, I mean, I was just like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And when I heard him call out to me, mom, just out loud with my ears, I I was up and I'm like running. I'm like, where are you? Where I heard you. And I've never doubted that I heard him out loud with my ears because it's harder to doubt that than when you hear something in meditation, which is how I usually receive. But when you hear it out loud with your ears, you heard what you heard, right? So anyhow, I was often and running and determined to find him and I and I made a vow to him at that time that I would find him. Um, because I was so afraid of a life without him. And I think that was really my driving force was how in the world am I going to live without him and how, what am, who am I now? What am I going to be now for the rest of my life? because I'm here, I'm still here for some reason. And if I'm not his mom, what in the world am I going to be? Who, who, who am I? So it was a lot of where are you? And it was a lot of who am I? And what is my purpose now? And those two questions drove me, you know, kind of a two lane road to the same destinations. And um, the path was laid out to me magically and mysteriously. um, And, and Exactly what I needed at the right time, as Spirit does, right? They give us what we need at the right time that we need it. And so thankfully, every opportunity to my knowledge, every opportunity that was presented to me, I said yes. <laughs> I said, yes, I will do that. Yes, I will go here, Yes, I will do that. And so the answer to your question is it became a spiritual journey immediately for me. Um, and I'm so blessed and thankful that the journey was presented to me because the pathway that I followed was all spirit giving me what I needed to get the next answer. And so I became a seeker of all things spiritual. I became a seeker of everything that I didn't understand, which you may have heard me say, I understood nothing. So that was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot that I needed to learn. And it's just, it's been a tremendous journey. And, And as you know, the journey never ends. We're always evolving and becoming and learning. And, um, you know, just the other day, Brian told me that I need to, uh, I need to get I need to ground myself more. And I need to spend more time in conscious connection with him. And I'm like, Okay, all right, I hear you, because it's easy to get distracted. And he really wants, I mean, he's doing his part, and I need to do my part, which which I am, but he would like me to, to do more. <laughs> so yep. I will. I'm I hearing will.
1: you, Brian, I've gotten the same message lately. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that we're all kind of being Asked to step up, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I know it's um, that identity, you know, talking about who am I, who am I, who am I, that is such a potent part of our spiritual journey because we're so identified with our human lives. Like I'm the mother, I'm the wife, I'm the sister, I'm the executive, I'm the whatever, you know, we're so identified with who we think we are as this human journey. And yeah. our spiritual journey is really asking us to identify with I'm infinite creative potential, you know, I'm none of it and all of it, like to identify Outside of the roles that we play as humans. And um, yeah, so it's interesting. Maybe if you'd had a career, you could have thrown yourself into your career and identified with that. But uh, well, I actually, I actually did have a career.
0: I was a a real estate broker, Um, but I just, I just walked away. So I think I I did say everything was about him, right? So everything in his life was about him and you're right. Um, And, and it was always about when can I see him again? And you know, when can I bring him home or can I go to him? It just was always that way. And I was always so connected to him um, that I maybe, because he was my only living child, you know, and it was just—he um, was my everything. He was my world, and I know any parent can relate to that with their children. And so, um, so I did have a career, but I just dropped it. I just gave all my my pending deals to my my partner, my friend, and uh, she just took care of everything, and I stayed home. And I drank wine, and I played the music from the funeral, and I. I organized all of the photos and I scanned all the pictures and I had all the little DVD tapes that we had done of videotaping uh, put onto onto DVD actual discs so that I would have them forever. And I just that's how I spent my time. Yeah, I became um, I became panicked to leave the house. And uh, the one time I did led me to uh, a woman who invited me to a psychic message circle at her home. And so I went to that and then everything, you know, and then everything broke really wide open because I was like, wait a minute, he just (laughs) he knew the names of the boys that were on the street corner with Brian, he knew all of these things. How could that even be possible? I knew nothing about mediums or psychics prior to that night. And um, I immediately signed up for psychic development classes from him and um started to learn to open up my own intuition. So and that was that was October, November 7th. That was four months after Brian died. So wow.
1: Yeah, it it's all an happened quickly. Really. Accelerated journey. And you know your book is called Choose to Believe. And I wanted to talk to you today because I talk so much about beliefs. Uh, on this show. And I, I really believe that all these stories that people share like yours. And just like I was telling you, someone had reached out to me this morning through the um, ATP Facebook page saying that her best friend had died and that put her on her spiritual journey is it, because we need to transform the beliefs around death that cause so much pain, you know, and uh, I asked my mob years ago, what causes the most, you know, how can I help and what causes the most amount of pain? And how can I address that? And they said to me, well, death causes the most amount of pain because you believe that we're separate and you believe you've lost someone. So that's what causes the most amount of pain on this planet. And I'm like, okay, right. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We need to transform those beliefs around death and what it is to die and grieve and all that sort of thing, which is exactly what your journey has been about and um, still about and more about. It's funny listening to you and how your whole world, when I've listened to other people's shows too, when you have that, sacred contract or sacred agreement with another soul that you'd work together there is this incredible bond between you um, no matter what relationship you have mother or son or is an amazing bond that yeah that that keeps you asking questions after they go like those questions like keep us on that spiritual path rather than asking, then just giving up and saying, Oh, life's hopeless. Uh, Yeah,
0: I agree. And I I was relentless about it. I I just was not going to stop. I read every book I could on the afterlife. I watched videos. I mean, it just, you know, I was going to find him and really, really, a lot of people have asked me like, what was the one thing for you? What was the one thing mm-hmm. that really changed your journey? And mm-hmm. it, and hands down, it was meditation. I mean, meditation opened up everything for me and, and it wasn't easy. And I, I didn't, I didn't uh, get there quickly with meditation, but I never gave up. And, you know, you talk about beliefs and I, I believed that I could do it. If I just kept at it, I wasn't going to quit. And I just, tried and tried and tried again and one day had a breakthrough and then you know another day you have another breakthrough and 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 so it goes right it it i was kind of a tough subject i think it wasn't easy for them to get through to me um but now now the relationship we have in some ways is better than what we had on earth you know there is no judgment there is no he still he still teases me like he used to do here um which i love and he you know he'll kind of tousle my hair and kind of you know just like do things. Um, But, but we, we at times could go head to head a little bit, you know, and he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't do that with me now. So that's why I say, in some ways, our relationship is a little bit better. And I get to spend more time with him. He's with me all the time. He's not, he's not in California or Pakistan or all the places that he'd been.
1: Right. Absolutely. You know, so many people reach out to me and ask, how can I meet my spirit guides? How can I be more connected to spirit? So tell me your journey. I know you did the course, but tell me what, like, let's go through how, how that looked for you. So you said meditation and persisting, like, so it's really about quietening the, the questioning mind so that you can actually hear them, but let's hear about your journey.
0: It is. Well, so I went to that, um, you want to know. So I went to the psychic message uh, circle and then I signed up for his classes and I did go to see that medium for once a month for a year because he was my connection to Brian, because even though I was doing the classes, I didn't really necessarily believe that I could do it on my own. Right. I, I knew that I was learning to do that, but I didn't really believe it yet. And so I saw him every month for a year and, um, and then there was a point where in 2010, I went to um, the Sun Valley Wellness Festival here in Idaho and helping my friend uh, who had a booth there because she was an emerging you know, psychic medium. And, uh, and in the process of, of doing that, I took a break to walk through the exhibit hall. And there was this booth. And it was very boring booth It didn't have anything interesting or enticing about it to draw me in. And so I just kind of kept ignoring it. But I, you know, your attention just keeps getting pulled. And they're like, go talk to that man. It was exactly what they told me in the grocery store when I had run into the woman who had the psychic message circle at her home, go talk to her. Nope. <laughs> go talk to her. No, I don't want to go talk to her, you know, go talk to her. And so I did. And she's like, How's Brian? And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I just fell apart. Well, this time, Go talk to the man. I'm like, no. And so I walked around the corner and I went to, you know, explore other things and go talk to the man. No. So I went to this booth that was doing, you know, discover your life purpose through your fingertips, which by the way was an amazing experience. The reading I got back from this woman was incredible. Um, anyhow, finally they're like, Go talk to the man. I'm like, fine, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And so I did. And uh turns out he and his wife do a retreat for mothers who have children in spirit. And did I want more information? information about that. And, um, you know, you really can't make it up, right? It's just so it cracks me up how I love, I just love how spirit has guided me along the way. Um, I'm so thankful for that and so grateful for that. So I did, and I was accepted because uh, the the woman who has now passed herself, her name is Sally Baldwin, and she's written many many books. But she was a channel and a medium, and she had I don't know over a hundred applications for this retreat, and she would channel each child and each you know each each mother's spirit soul, and uh, determine who was going to be the right mix of moms to attend this retreat. It was her second annual. And um, she said, Brian would not leave me alone. He just would not leave me alone until I said, yes, Brian, your mom is in. And so I was so lucky to be one of seven moms to attend that retreat. And it was absolutely life changing. Um and even though I'd already been working with David and I, you know, all of the classes I'd taken um, I knew nothing <laughs> compared to what I learned that weekend in sun Valley, Sally Baldwin was a, a beautiful, amazing spirit. She still guides me as well as yeah. she does the other moms in our group. We're a very, we call ourselves the sun Valley moms. We're very active. We go to conference once a year together. We did prior to this year. And, um, and in fact, some of them and I are going to be putting together our first annual mom-child reunion next year. So wow. excited about that. So it's always been my dream to, uh, to give back what Sally gave to us. Right. Um, her, ev- her event was 100% um, paid for by a very generous soul. Um, and I, I don't currently have that. So there may be costs involved, but we'll keep it as low as we can. So at that retreat, I learned about Reiki. I learned about spirit animals. We learned about the Michael teaching. We learned about, um, pendulum and how to communicate with the pendulum. Um, I mean, so many things plus Sally herself was an amazing channel. And so we got, um, both private readings, um, and group readings from her.
1: Okay. And back up a bit. You said, I learned about the Michael teachings. Do you want to tell me, are they the teachings that talk about soul age and, uh, yeah yes, F- yes funnily enough i I reached out. we were discussing that in our inner sanctum on our online groups, and uh, I can't remember what teacher brought it up, but Michael Tamora, who's an amazing spiritual teacher here on earth incredible, he was speaking about that in our group at the beginning of the year, and I asked him to come on the show next year to expand on that uh, so what did you learn about them? you know how did the Michael teachings speak to you about who you are and what you're doing here and um, what, I, what I learned mostly
0: uh, about that, what I remember the most about the Michael teachings um, is that Brian was a warrior. Uh, which he was, he was at West Point Military Academy. That was his first path was to go do the military thing. So he had that warrior energy. He also had the energy of being a free spirit um, and and that kind of tender energy. So it was, it was, I can't remember the words to be honest with you, the um, wor- warrior and something else, he was a mix of two. And um, so it was a difficult path for him um, to be able to combine those two um, my path is one of being a teacher, which, you know, I think I've always known in every reading that I've done, that is what comes out in that fingerprint reading in my numerology charts and the Michael teachings, you know, that's what it's about is being a, being a speaker, being a teacher, um, and just, just sharing, you know, what it is that I, that I, that I know that I've learned on the journey. So, um, so that was all really validating, really interesting. Um, the Michael teachings, I my friend in the group from uh, Britain, actually, is much more well-versed on it than I am. And so it's kind of her expertise. And she will be presenting that at our retreat in October. Um, and she also is the one that took um, very well to the pendulum teaching. Um, I don't use any tools when I communicate with spirit. I just simply do it through meditation. Um, anyhow, so yeah. Uh, it was just—it was an amazing experience, and we learned a lot about each other. I think it was the first time that I really learned more about who I am as a soul, because that's really what this journey—the journey has led me not only to Brian, but the journey has led me to who I am as a soul and who who I am as my true self. And it's—it's been—I haven't talked about this much um, in my interviews, but it's been such an interesting journey because. I didn't even realize it, I don't think, until sometime this year. And I was able to see clearly how I'm, I really am fully walking my path right now. Um, and that and that it feels so good because when I put the book out, I laid it all out there. I mean, there really is nothing that I've gone through that's not in the book. I was very honest, I was very open and it was not easy to do that. It's not easy to put yourself, it's kind of like coming out, you know? And um, And I came out as a spiritual person. I came out as somebody who had considered suicide. I came out as somebody who says they can channel on occasion, as somebody who definitely says she can communicate with her child in spirit. And so that's a lot of stuff for some people to swallow, not for your audience, but, you know, for a lot of people. And so that's, that's all about authenticity. And I feel like this whole year has been about authenticity. And um, it's even interesting to me that I wanted to release my book in 2019, but a physical ailment prevented me from doing that. And so it didn't get published until this year in 2020. And I think, I think, I think it is about being authentic and becoming more of our true self. And for me, the book was the vehicle to finally do that and to stop being afraid of who I am, which is only going to
1: help me to be able to um, live life more fully. Absolutely, Paige. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm hearing so many things and what you're saying there. A new identity. You know, we were talking about identity. You identified as being a, you know, a wife and mother, and now you've got this new identity. I suppose you could add some things to your identity. You could say now, channel, medium, psychic. It's funny how I had um, Jeff O'Driscoll on the show last year, a couple of years ago, who saw spirit and stuff as an emergency operator doctor, as an emergency (laughs) doctor. And he used to see spirits and stuff. And I said to him, So you're a medium? And he goes, no. I said, so you're psychic. He goes, no, like he's having this phenomena, but he never identified with those words as being who he is. And I'm like, you're talking to dead people. That's what mediums yeah. do. And he goes, Oh, I guess I am a medium. <laughs> it's
0: I, a you whole know, new
1: identity, isn't it?
0: That is funny. Cause I keep saying, well, I'm not a medium, but I'm intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> so I do you scared. speak to other spirits besides Brian or only Brian? you know, I have in my private sessions, I tap into the spirit of the loved one who is with my client. Mm-hmm. And so I have tapped into that. I, I don't, um, I don't present myself as a medium. I, it's to me that's just scary. There's a lot of responsibility, and I know I know how much I relied on my uh, medium visits the first year that Brian died. Uh, to me, it's almost like trying to present myself as a therapist, which I'm not either. So I I want to I want to present the I want to give people the tools that they need. I. Definitely, I'm sensitive to energy as a as an energy healer, Um, sensitive to energy, Uh, really, my my kind of name is all about energy. Um, But so so I think that's my gift, my gift is tapping into the energy and the feelings, but not so much to be an evidential medium, although I have on occasion done that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just talking about um, authenticity, you know, I've got um, in my group, one of my um, participants is an amazing life coach. So I threw her in the hot seat and I said, okay, so we're going to put you in the hot seat this week and I'm going, you're going to share your story. And what she ended up doing is just sharing all this amazing wisdom that she knows as a coach, right? but didn't and I'm pushing her to share her story because you were talking about putting a book out and sharing your story and being authentic is really scary and she was reticent to do it and I kept pushing her and pushing her and I said why do you think you keep going back into the information and you just totally over like just don't talk about yourself at all and she thought about it and she went wow And, and and this thought form arose that she said I was always taught that you never air your dirty laundry. So, oh. speaking about yourself and what you've been through and the problems that you've been through is kind of just airing your dirty laundry and you don't do that. And I thought, isn't that interesting that this is a, a come up? Because I think that yeah. a lot of people who have a story to share, you know, they have beliefs and blocks around it. One of the biggest ones is, what will people think of me? <laughs>
0: Yeah, like that's the right. well, because one. we've been ridiculed. I mean, the industry has been ridiculed. The industry has not been taken seriously for, for so long. I mean, for eons, right? I mean, they used to burn witches at the stake. So right. I mean, I, but I mean, so much has changed. I mean, thankfully, you know, people like yourself and getting all of these amazing people out to, you know, the knowledge. And um, it's just amazing how much it is changing. But it's still, And and I do think it's easier. I've been amazed, let me put it that way, at the reactions, the positive, loving, supportive reactions I'm getting from people who I never in a million years dreamed that they would say anything other than you're crazy, lady.
1: (laughs) So that's been the overwhelming story from all the people I've interviewed when they've come out as... um, as someone who's, you know, out of body, flying around the universe, talking to spirit guides, talking to dead people, whatever they're doing, talking to ETs, the overwhelming response has been a positive one and support. And all those fears of what will people think of me, they'll think I'm crazy. I just just They just don't have any weight because <laughs> there will be some people that think you're crazy and usually that's your family. Speaking of that, what did your husband think about your spiritual journey? Did he come with you? Like what happened there and he, how did he handle Brian's exiting the matrix? Yes.
0: Yeah, so my husband is Brian's stepdad. Um, so Brian's real dad, um, I, I, I don't really know. I don't think he believes in really any of this. He has not wanted to talk to me about it. In the early days um, when I would get information, you know, through David or through my own meditation and Brian would say, you know, tell my dad, tell my dad this. And I would try and it just was not you know, he would be like, okay, or, um, or I would email him the message and he would never email back. So, you know, to each his own. My husband, who um, has we married in 1998. So he Brian had been with us. Um, he had been with Brian and I, I should say for 10 years when Brian died, and they were very close. So um, my husband was angry. Um, you know, he just wanted to go you know, kill the guy, right. The guy that killed Brian. Um, whereas I never, I never really felt that anger. So I don't know if that's a male, female thing, but, um, uh, that was his kind of immediate reaction, and he was all about just holding me up. You know, this man is my rock; he really is. And I understand now that that that's also the pact that we had was for him to come here to to hold me up during this time. He is the one that has allowed me to not return to my career, um, to be able to follow this work, to to get the certifications and the um trainings that I've received, um, to be able to communicate with Brian through other people, you know, for for that year that I needed to. Um, and without him, I wouldn't have been able to do any of that, right? Or it would have been more difficult, I should say, because I would have, you know, had to do it at night after a nine to five job. And so he gave me the freedom um, to be able to pursue um, this journey with uh, more leisure and, you know, more relaxation. Um, at first, he was not a believer. At first, he think he thought I was crazy, but he wouldn't say it. He was more worried about how much wine I was drinking, I think. And so, um, but over time, like Brian started sending messages that were directed at him that clearly clearly were messages for him and finally one day i said don't you see don't you see brian wants you to come along with me and from that day forward he he has and he supports me a thousand percent um he he's the one that turned me around a lot too though because probably seven years into my journey you know Grief is a journey. It's a journey and and there's no destination at the end of it, right? It's just what we learn along the way and the tools we accumulate, how we process it, um, you know, what we do with our grief. are we going to use it for good for other people? Or are we going to let it shut us down? We have to become bigger than our story. Well, even though, somebody like me and so many people that I know, you know, we're just one, we're putting one foot in front of the other and we're moving forward. And then it's three steps back. And so even six or seven years into the journey, I would have days where I, you know, was depressed and I just um, didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. And finally, one day he said to me, you didn't die. You didn't <laughs> die. Who's Brian died. R- My husband. Your husband said that, right? My rock. husband. He says, You didn't, Paige, you didn't die. Brian died. And, um, you know, it's time to just start paying attention to us. And I'm like, Oh, wow. I yeah. mean, and I was yeah. really angry with him. I was angry with him for saying that. And, Wake you know, up after up. a short while, I was able to see I was like, you know, he's right. I have him, I have my beautiful, lovely children of my heart, stepchildren, I had a granddaughter, uh, we now have five, but there was just one at the time. And uh, there's people that need me. And, um, you know, it's, it's grief is selfish. That's the other thing I say a lot of grief is <laughs> so selfish. And, um, I had one foot in this world and I had one foot in Brian's world Mm. and I didn't want to, I didn't ever want to come out. I wanted to go there more. I didn't want to come here. Right. And, um, and you forget, you forget that there are other people grieving him also. It's like, I wasn't the only one in the world grieving him, but I felt like I was. And so, Grief is uh, selfish and deservedly so. I think we're entitled to that. I think that we have rights to that. Um, But at some point, um, it's good to kind of wake up and see who around you still needs you. Yeah, absolutely. And to give them some love as well.
1: Yeah. Grief is a deep dive into your subconscious programming.
0: Yes. Oh, I
1: love that. (laughs) It's so so is. It's an accelerated journey into, just like we talked about, into what you believe is true. Like, yeah. Into your belief systems, like uh, what you believe is true for you and who you are and your identity, it's just a deep dive. It's it's a, that's why the book awakened by death. You know, death is such. An incredible accelerated awakening journey Um, it can be unless you resist it and say okay this is the worst thing that's happened to me i'm going to put my head under the covers and never come back up for air but which is a choice you know we have free will
0: that's Uh, right it is a choice but death is a catalyst for so many people it absolutely absolutely. just catapulted me on my journey absolutely i i I talk about how so i i didn't even finish that conversation about religion and spirituality but I think I summed it up when I, when I realized that I had known, I had known God in my life. I I had seen God work in my life because Brian and I had been saved by God from death, uh, in a, in a raging river, um, in, in Idaho. And, um, that's an amazing story that's in the book. So I won't repeat it, but, um, but but to to live life with with God at the helm, with with Him direct, you know, with with like God as my partner, that was something I had never known before. And when I say God and Spirit to me, they're the same. Mm-hmm. So to me, Spirit is God. Spirit is our loved one. Spirit or the master's Spirit. I mean, to me, Spirit is all
1: inclusive. Oh, yes, so I so. use I use mm-hmm. the words interchangeably. What did Brian say to you about the agreement he had with the guy that killed him, that that caused his death? So his what physical Brian, death.
0: Yeah, what Brian says about that is that um, that it was an exit point that he chose to take because we had, a, I always knew that he would die young on some level, although I don't know if I was conscious of it but I was always afraid that something would happen to him. That was the physical part of me was afraid that something would happen to him. And, um, and and he knew it too. And I think that when he met that man on that street corner that night, um, it, somebody presented it to me once as karmic, it was karmic retribution that Brian had killed him in a prior life and that it was Brian's turn to settle the score. I, I don't, I never had a, I never had a real comfort level with that. That could be true or it might not be true. But what Brian did say that I believe a thousand percent is that it was an exit point, a death window, an exit point, how there's different terms for it. And he chose to take it because the work he came here to do was done and the greater work that he has to do is go now going to be done from the other side. Brian helps a lot of kids over there. Um, he gathers them up in the work that we do. But even more beyond that, he, um, he's busy over there. <laughs> he's busy helping kids over there.
1: Absolutely. So yeah. he didn't go into um, the agreement that he had with that soul. Um, what I'm getting, anyway, I'll tell you what I'm getting. I'll just let you answer that question.
0: I, he did not give me details. What he said was that in a pri- that actually that they had interchanged a couple of times. Brian had killed him in a life. He had killed Brian in a life, and that this was settling the score, and that this was the end of it. That there was there was no more karmic uh, debt to be paid after this incident, after this life.
1: Brian had said that to you about. Uh... The medium had said that to me. Oh no, the medium, no Brian. But no, what did Brian? No, what did Brian say? Because I'm not getting that at all. But anyway, we can all get different things. What did Brian say to you? You know, but to you directly, not through the medium, but to you directly.
0: What he told me directly is that it was an exit point. I never asked him. I I never asked him him about the man, but um, but he just said that it was an exit point that he chose. And and
1: is that man in
0: jail? Like where? He's in prison. Yep, he's in prison in California. He's serving second degree murder. Um, because they had had a, the man had engaged in a fight, he had started a fight, they had engaged in a fight, Brian had, you know, won the fight, if if such a thing, and, um, and walked away. And, you know, he and his friends are like, whatever, let us go. And so then the man ran back into the apartment, grabbed a knife, ran out and stabbed, you know, one fatal blow. So it was clearly murder but they couldn't prove premeditated and where, so uh, where are you
1: where are you with that with um, with him? How do you feel about him?
0: You know I just never thought much about him at all. I, that's hard for people to really understand but I've never to me he's just always been the man who killed my son um, when I when I presented uh, my uh, my uh, what do you call it um, when we went to the trial, and I got to speak. um, I had some anger in that speech. It was really like, you know, how could you? What I did was present to him what he took away from us and who Brian was and how brilliant Brian was and all of the awards that he'd won. And um, all of these things, right? He was just brilliant um, and funny and handsome and a great athlete and a you know 4.0 student and dean's list at you know the universities that he attended. And um, I'm like, you know, who who how dare you? Who do you think you are that you got to take that away from us? And you know, I I you know, I I what happened is what happened is that night I had a dream that I was with his mother and the roles were reversed and Brian had killed her son. So I had that dream. And I remember I was so, um, heartsick that my son had taken the life of her son and, you know, she and the sisters, they had all been in the courtroom that day. The sisters glaring at us the whole time. And, um, the man himself just was rather contrite. You know, he didn't say anything to us. Um but that interaction with the mother in the dream that night it just gave me more compassion um, for her and more understanding that each soul has to follow their own path and for whatever reason this was his path to take. And um, I mean, do I do I wish he hadn't have done it? Of course. <laughs> of course. Am I angry with him? I, I mean, I, I I guess I'm angry at him. I just never think about him. So I think it will be interesting. The test will be, and I'll let you know when he's up for parole, because I I honestly, Karen, I don't know how I'm going to react. I hope that I will be spiritually evolved enough that I will do the right thing, whatever that is. Um, but I, I think the best answer I can give you is I really don't think about him. I don't allow myself to do that. And I think that the dream with his mother, where we had reversed roles, uh, enabled me to do that and to move forward. It's never been about him. The journey has always been about Brian and about how to find him. I, if I stayed, if I, if I hate him and if I have all this anger toward him, um, then then i'm not going to i'm not going to ever be able to be bigger than my story i'm going to stay stuck in my story and if i stay stuck in my story if i carry that kind of hate and anger in my heart i'm not going to be able to evolve spiritually i'm not going to be able to make a deeper connection with my son right and with my spirit guides so i don't want that to hold me back what do, what are you getting tell me what you're getting
1: <laughs> oh what am i getting um uh, okay so i'm not getting it was a retribution at all karma what i'm getting is that brian and this soul had an agreement that he would be his teacher and um that he would teach him about uh so many things so um and a lot of them is about how to overcome his emotions how to control his emotions really and so the whole thing was set up um what i was getting before was um you know so you said brian choose to took, take an exit point so he dovetailed he came within uh, the vicinity of a man who was in in rage in his life like he was just experiencing so many traumatic emotions and um he didn't know how to deal with them he he didn't know how to deal with them he's learning now um and and so they had that agreement together it wasn't a retribution karmic thing it was a it was a soul agreement between two souls who were teaching each other and Mm. um and yeah and 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 brian's taking his exit point but he's not just going to drop dead of a heart attack he's going to set up a scenario that's going to be so much broader than him just dropping dead. Do you know what I mean? So it's going oh, to involve, it's going to involve more people. It's going to involve forgiveness. It's, you know, he set it up so yeah. that it, for you as well as his parents, you know, the dream that you had with the mother was just perfect, you know, putting yourself in her shoes, but there's a journey for you because it had he, you know, had you not had the, someone to blame, to hate then you wouldn't have had the journey of forgiveness and you know our uh, the journey to connecting more to our soul is a journey of unconditional love and knowing and and knowing that we have these agreements is one thing but living it as our truth and and having that complete love and unconditional love for somebody who's done a horrific thing to you like living that is a totally different journey like knowing it it and living it different journey just like you've Ex- expressed to us so beautifully you know like yeah so um so brian and you knew that and so it was all arranged it yes. was arranged and yes. um and because it was a death and a murder and it just involves so many more components that is our opportunity for more spiritual growth yeah had. i love thank you for sharing that and that that resonates with me the other
0: never did i just never Uh, i was like well like that doesn't feel right at all and um and that does you know i I probably never asked brian the question directly so i'm glad you did and i'm glad you got that answer i it's beautiful and that's so like brian he, he would like you know making of drama he wasn't a drama kid but i think he would love that he was a producer
1: (laughs) he was going to be a film director so that doesn't
0: surprise me that he would
1: create that yeah Wrote the script scripted it absolutely you know which we've skipped over which is kind of the whole crux of the book and everything uh was the which you've said in all the other podcasts but it's the most important part is that when you were in your place of um trying to connect with like trying to find brian um, and then. You got that message about which is the title? Do you want to tell us that story? Sure, I'd love to. So, um, I, as I said earlier, um, grief is a
0: journey, and it's you know two steps forward and three steps back, and you know three steps forward and four steps back, and you just got to keep walking the path, right? And um, and I did that. I did that for a long time, and I, as I said, I took every opportunity that presented itself, and um, and I made a lot of progress, and I made a lot of headway, and I was really starting to understand uh why he had died and 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 the fact that you know we 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 do have so we do we do live on after we die and we and there is such a thing as soul planning and brian and i did have this agreement to work together with him on the other side and me still here and even though i knew all of that and all of the amazing signs and i think at that point i had had one pretty incredible uh meditation experience nothing like what i had after but um I still doubted was the point. I always came, I always would doubt. And I would put myself out there and then I'd be like, "Um, I don't know. It's like, maybe that's just my mind. That really wasn't Brian. That was just my mind. And I think it's the hardest thing for us when we can't see when we can't touch something or see it or, you know, um, it's just hard to believe that it's real. And it really is just trust and faith. So one day in meditation, um, I was, you know, feeling this doubt and Spirit, God said to me, listen, It's like, listen, listen, Linda, just choose to believe. Choose to believe that it's all real. Choose to believe that it's Brian talking to you. Choose to believe that Brian sent you that ladybug. Choose to believe that everything you're experiencing is real and that the love in your heart is really coming from him and from us and that we're here to help you along the way. And I was like, oh, oh, is it that simple? Can I really just choose to believe and um it changed everything i came out of that meditation and i said okay i can i can do that this i can do i can choose to believe and sooner or later god willing you know i actually will believe and it was such a smooth seamless transition from choosing to believe to actually believing i don't even think i could tell you when it happened it was almost immediate like just choosing to believe and and eliminating all doubt and fear from my vocabulary about the communication aspect of things. Um, everything broke wide open and Brian started coming to me in much deeper and more profound ways. Um, I, I did experiment with doing some readings for people. I was, I could feel my spirit. I could feel my spirit guides tinkering in my brain. Like I, it was like they were adjusting this and screwing that and, you know, (laughs) getting me ready for the experience. And, um, it it just, it just broke wide open because I truly believed that it was all real. And so there's no doubt anymore. There's nothing holding me back. There's not that fear that I'm making it all up. And then the other piece of it. So that was the title that was quite, quite a long time ago. And that was the, can I hold the book up? Choose to believe Mm -hmm. Um, that was the title of the book way back then. And I've never wavered from that. Um, The other part of all my grief journey that if I may add a big breakthrough moment was when came from the teaching of Sally Baldwin in Sun Valley in 2010. And it's the concept of being willing to to kind of let go of the physical person that you knew here and 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 meet them as they are now and and be okay with um, seeing them as they are now as the light body and the spirit that they are now and understanding that we can meet them halfway in that space. And they can still present themselves to us as the physical Brian with the, you know, orange striped shirt and the beautiful smile and the, you know, dimple on the side of his cheek. He can still present himself to me that way. But I know that that's not who he is now. I know that he's a light body, beautiful spirit being and, um, choosing, allowing, allowing myself to meet him there also was a game changer. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, not only is he a beautiful light body, spiritual being, so are you. So So is everybody else. So 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 is everybody. everybody. Yeah. 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 So uh, meeting him halfway is meeting you halfway. It's, It's so interesting when we reach out to reconnect with our loved ones, we actually reach out to reconnect with our true self. Yes. And that's yeah. what we talked about earlier. It's like, that was, that was a surprise
0: for me in this journey. Yeah. Um, was I found finding my God, founding my God and my understanding of who my God is and finding myself was probably, um, that was kind of exciting. It was, yeah. uh, it was like, Oh, okay. I like, like me better. I like me better. I'm a better person than I was before. Yeah. And I, and I owe that to him. And um, I want to say the sacrifice that he made, but it really, it isn't a sacrifice because it a sacrifice. it's what we planned and he yeah. knew yeah. and this is the agreement that we made. And next time it might be a different agreement and maybe I'll, you know, who knows? Yeah. It is what are sacrifice. you thinking?
1: Uh, I just, <laughs> he's just like, they're just making themselves known. They, they they chime in, they chime in with lights. They chime in, they just, they're just chiming yeah. in. Um, choose to believe, you know, it's so interesting because we we say that we have to choose to believe in um life after death or in spirit or in, but actually we choose to believe it, it like not in it you know as as souls who are infinite creative potential you know beings of love and light uh, mm. flowing through a physical life adventure we actually choose to believe to forget all that so it's so interesting it, that it's it's almost like you don't choose to believe you just choose to remember
0: yes Yes. Which really is the purpose for our being here at all. Right. It's like, right. it's I, I mean, I, probably we come with lessons that we want to learn and all that, but really we come
1: to remember who we yeah. are. Yeah. 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 And everything I was chatting with my mob about you last night. Cause I often say to them, what are we going to talk about? Cause I always show up empty handed with questions. Like I don't have any questions. Um, and, um, and they were saying that your world is created because of your beliefs. This world doesn't exist outside of what you believe. And I'm like, oh, tell me more about that. And they said everything you experience is a belief, like everything. Like yeah. what you see as your reality is nothing more than a belief structure and a belief system that, that you Come into that you get indoctrinated into that is repeated over and over again. We were talking about this in my group, I brought up my group a few times, but anyway, we we're talking about repetition. You know, when babies are little, um, we, we, we hold up something and we say, Glass, mm. glass, it's a glass, and we repeat it and we repeat it and we repeat it, and then we ask them to say, it. What is it? What is it? It's like we're just kind of creating this reality through what we call teaching but we're choosing to believe it and and it's and that choose to believe goes so far you know like choose to believe you can or you can't you can um, do anything or you can't do anything is a choice Every day. I Ooh, mean, every choice. Day. Yep. Yeah. Every
0: day from the minute we wait, we can choose to have, we can choose to be mad at the world or we can choose right. to have compassion. We can choose, you know, to have a good day. We can choose to be, you know, angry or, you know, I mean, it's just right. always a choice. We can choose to get out of bed. We can choose to stay in bed. I mean, it's, um, it's always a choice.
1: Always and, a choice. Yeah, always yeah.
0: really everything that we do is a choice. And when you think about it that way, when when you become the empowered one, so so that, that we're empowering ourselves, right? right. To become who we want to be. We get to paint the picture. We get to write the next right. chapter. Right. And, um, and it's all in the words that we say. <laughs> Brian's very happy about this conversation. Oh, I, yeah, that's so funny. And I, you know, that's so funny that you're getting all that. I get spiritual, I get, t- I call it my spiritual tingles, but I get yeah. tingles throughout my body when some, something like that happens. And lately there's been these like big black birds that are like, they keep like every time I do an interview, they're like coming at the house. I don't know what that's about, but um it's all a choice and it empowers us. And the belief, the belief that our loved ones still live, the belief that they that we can still have a relationship with them and the belief that we are here for a reason and that we still have work to do or a purpose in our life, that's empowering. And that's how we're going to heal from the most traumatic, you know, uh, oh, I've loss, although yeah. I don't like the word loss because he's not lost. <laughs> I know where he
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I, I think you said that he was doing script writing or something to do with movies and writing or something. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was saying no coincidence about that. <clears throat> That's what we're teaching. And he says we, as in you and him, that we are the script writers of our life and, and, and hence the, the, the book. I mean, you know, when you reached out to me to be on the show, I thought do I want to have another person on the show that's talking about the death of a loved one cuz I've had many people on the show and then just the title of your book I just thought oh wow there's just so much conversation in this choose to believe cuz it's such a big it's such a big conversation in our lives that we're choosing the, that we're choosing all of it and so many people say like if we're creating our own reality and we're choosing it you know mm-hmm. surely we don't create the dramas in our life but if you look outside of your identity as the personality and the physical person and you include your identity as the soul then you can see that as you have said that your experience with Brian leaving his body you being his mother and loving doting mother and then him being the beautiful talented gorgeous divine boy leaving so early that that was a choice too yes even though it doesn't look like a choice uh, yes. does it yeah. feel does it like, you know, knowing it and living it, does it absolutely feel now 12 years later, like it was a choice and that you're happy about it? Or does it still feel like a loss? No, it feels like, it definitely feels like a
0: choice that he made and that I honor that a thousand percent. And that you but made as well. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. that We made together. Thank yeah. you. Mm. Um, absolutely. I believe it. I feel it. Mm-hmm. I know it. I don't mm-hmm. doubt it for a second. And, um, and, and I, I, like I said, I mean, every day I get to wake up and communicate with my son and talk to my son and he's by my side and he makes himself known, not just to me, but to other people.
1: And so I love that. And, um, I, I see I blessed. that you feel blessed. I see that we've been yakking It's just about to go eleven eleven here for a while, but I wanted to talk about what he's told you about, um, you know, being in the other, on the other side, like what, what, communication he's he's given you um the physical you about being a spirit and what it's like to be a spirit did, did he ever talk to you about you know what he did when he left his body or or did that come yeah. through mediums like
0: yeah well i in the early days he did talk to a medium about that and i know that it was real because this medium for the first time ever um actually brian like actually became Brian and he spoke in a first tense, which he never does. Um, and he, he explained, um, he explained kind of the tunnel of light. Um, he explained um, a, a woman who was my grandmother, actually my mom, um, I believe it was who met him there. Um, he talked about a bubble And that he was in a bubble with my grandfather, who was also the one who brought Brian to the medium that very first time, and the medium described him to a T. And then without knowing anything about me or my story said, and he's brought with him a young man, I believe it's your son, and I just fell apart. You know, I just and he's like, wait, wait. Um, Anyhow, so that he was in a bubble with my papa, and um, that he did the kind of life review that they talk about. Um, I believe also at that moment in time when they were in that bubble, Brian did present himself here um, to my friend who is psychic on um, outside on the back deck of our home and large, you know, vision of him that she had. and I uh, somehow we were able to piece together that that was when that happened. anyhow. And then the life, he said he said that when he died, Um, that it was like, it was like you hear that the light kind of drew him forward and he just went to the light. And I, I, I used to ask him, why didn't you run? I was really hung up on that question of why did you stand there and let the guy come run up to you and give you one final jab? Why, why, why? And, um, finally he did answer and he said, um, He said, I had no, I had no choice. I had no time. I had no pain. He, you know, he, I want you to quit thinking about the story. Like, please stop focusing on the story. Um, There's nothing you could have done. Um, But he also described heaven, um, that we he he told the medium that we create whatever home we want to live in, like he had a really cool bachelor pad. And uh, he was describing the bachelor pad, which he never had. See, Brian never had that he was in dorms. He was either living at home or he was in a dorm. And he had just moved into his first apartment with his two friends um, when he was killed. So they'd only lived there like three weeks. So that was his only experience outside of home or dorm. Um, So he was really excited to have a bachelor pad. He talked about my mom um, having a Victorian home. And my mom was Old South, born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. I mean, so, you know, that made perfect sense to me. Um, He said that you, my mom has said that you don't, that she misses the wind, that you don't feel the wind on your face. Um, but obviously, things like the warmth, you, you the, the sun, the colors and the flowers and everything, you know, we've heard so often are such brilliant colors. Um, the other thing which I did get to experience in a in a little, um, you heard me talk about it with Cyrus at the end of that interview, um, the meditation I had that really was um, Cyrus believes a Um, Astral Travel, um, where I went to the other side. But Brian also talks about the freedom. Um, He showed me how he flies. He took me with me. He took me with him and he showed me how he flies. And he loves the freedom of being spirit. And he said, it's all about the freedom. The freedom is what keeps me here. Those were his words. Um, So it's the freedom that keeps me here. And that makes sense to me that he would love that. Um, because he was always, um, he was always a free spirit, but yet at the same time, he worried about doing the right thing. And I think, I think they're, that's they, everything they do is the right thing, right? Their spirit, they're just all love. And, um, I think that he really enjoys that pressure being taken off of him. And that's partly what he's referring to there.
1: So that's a little bit of what I've learned yeah i'm muted just share the um experience you had with him uh, where he was showing you how to fly I, I wrote down this morning remember the movement there is freedom in the movement oh good uh, yeah. as a quote like what what were you doing to have that experience you were meditating and you had an out-of-body experience or, or was it at night in bed no
0: so i have learned um i meditate with mantra Mm -hmm. And I use the Om Namah Shivaya Mm -hmm. as my mantra, and it is, um, it's like immediately uh, calming and soothing and kind of takes me to that center point um, in my heart. And um, I'm I'm able to get very still very quickly with the mantra. And so I had been, um, oh, actually that particular experience though, I don't know, I must have needed to tell you about the mantra, but that particular meditation was in a group setting at a conference, Helping Parents Heal conference. And uh, it was a guided meditation. And it was the craziest thing because um, I'd never experienced this in a guided meditation in a group setting, but I immediately went kind of under and uh, almost like I was hypnotized but I was conscious. So the right side of my brain was very quickly leaving. The left side of my brain was still seated in my chair. All of my Sun Valley moms were around me also doing the meditation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think uh, Mark is guiding us, you know, through the, you know, through the woods and to the bridge and over the bridge. And and, and I was just there and I walked across the bridge Mm -hmm. and there was this beautiful garden. And it was the most beautiful, spectacular thing I've ever seen. And, you know, Brian sends me ladybugs. That was the first thing he sent me as a sign because I asked him to send me a ladybug. And he did that night and has sent many ladybugs since then. It's really our thing. And um, ladybugs were everywhere on the flowers. They were big ladybugs flying around. They were on the fog, Gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. And then I see Brian... And all of my loved ones approaching me, and it's Brian and my mom and my dad and my grandma and my granddaddy, my papa, you know, Selma, and all of them were there, and they all approached me, and they came up to me, and they wrapped me um, in their love. And they started pouring their love through me, starting at the crown, all the way through my body, through all the way through my fingers, down through my toes, through my feet, and it was just like... um, vibrating through me it it was like growing with intensity so you know it started out as like oh we love you know we love you and then it but it never said the word it was just the feeling of love and it became i was just part of me was conscious of the body back in the conference room in the chair and i saw i saw that girl with tears streaming down her face i was absolutely just crying just uh, beside myself while I was receiving you know, while my soul was with them and receiving their love. And finally, it got to the point, right, it was so it was almost painful, it was becoming painful in my belly, um, because it was so intense, the intensity of the spirit, love, if you have not felt it is the most, especially when there's all of them together, pouring it through me, I just can't, it was, it was the most beautiful, amazing thing Mm -hmm. that I am so grateful to have been blessed with that experience. And right when I was like, going to have to break away. They pulled out and Brian took my hand and we went, you know, off flying. I, I didn't understand at first. And I think what I wrote in the journal immediately, I wrote it all down. I said, the sky was the, uh, the sky was the ground and the ground was the sky. And I didn't understand. And then it was like, Oh, we're flying. He's showing me how he flies. And that's when he said, you know it's it's all about the movement don't forget the movement the f- the freedom is in the movement was that the exact quote Um, you wrote it down yeah there is freedom in the movement there is freedom in the movement and um and I was just like and he said this is why I don't want to come back and um so which was poignant as well because I'm always like why don't you why did you leave and so it's like that's why I don't want to come back it's just so beautiful there I wouldn't want to come back either right and then um and then my loved ones were back and kind of for a final a final hug and my mom and dad had some some private words for me. And, uh, and then, you know, they just kind of pulled away. And then I was back in my body and just tears streaming down. And I, I you know, I just woke up and I opened my eyes and I just started writing and I wrote everything that had happened. And that um, it's in the it's in the book, it's at the end of the book. And um, it's exactly verbatim as it as it took place. Yeah. So
1: um, I feel very blessed to have experienced that. Yeah, well, you can experience more of that. Like just um, when you were talking about it, they were showing me that y- you know you can be there and here simultaneously. It's just a, yeah. it's yeah. just a shift in focus. Like we're so focused on the physical world, and if you just sit sit back and just expand your focus, yeah. so you can be here and there simultaneously. And that's exactly what you did. Like you didn't have to die or have a or go to sleep. You you could just sit in meditation and have an out of body experience or this experience while you're yeah. still present and breathing and conscious in your physical body, which people yeah. don't understand. That you, yeah. So they that was just saying that you can be here and there simultaneously.
0: Yeah, definitely, and that's but why I think they I said
1: that. you are here and there simultaneously. They just said um, reiterate yeah. that. That it's not like you can be there. It's like you're just opening to the truth that you are already there, here. And I
0: almost, I almost saw him the other day. It was, um, can I tell that story? Do you have just? Yeah, story? please. <laughs> it was. Uh, I was sitting with my niece at the kitchen table, and um, to the left of the kitchen table is the fireplace, and Brian's picture of it's kind of it's a side profile picture of him with his camera, um, from direct from school from USC. And um, it's a, it's a uh, sepia tone. It's really a beautiful print. It sits about the fireplace. So I'm sitting here talking to my niece and her baby is there. And um, all of a sudden my attention is just drawn over to the fireplace. And I, like, I look and I'm like, that was weird. And so I pull back and almost instantly, you know, they, it's like, you know, they pull me back over and I look and I'm like, okay, hi, Brian, you know, hi, Brian. And I pull away and one more time, they pull me back and I, it's, it was like looking at the scene of that corner fireplace through through water. Right. And, I, and I understood, and, and I think my mind took over, unfortunately, but I understood that he really is, he is there. And I almost, and then I think I just broke it. So I know it's coming soon. I know that that's his goal. And I know that I will see him. They have told me that many times. Um, so I'm super excited for that day. And what I, what I like to tell people is for me anyway, um, all of the connection, the experiences, it, it really has been a progression and, um, you know, it progressed, you know, with meditation, I couldn't get through a meditation in the beginning without crying. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, over time, over, over a number of years, you know, led me to that out of body experience in that meditation room in 2016. And, and now Brian sends me these amazing hugs that just um, they, they, my whole body just vibrates and tingles. And I, I literally will drop whatever's in my hand because it's so intense and mm-hmm. I have to just stop what I'm doing and let it run through me. A bit like an orgasm. Yeah, it is like it, like a full body full on. Right. And uh, I, well, I used to, I was going to say earlier, I was going to say, I used to call those spiritual tingles, spiritual orgasms. But yes. I didn't want to say it. I've heard
1: so many people say dying is like having the best orgasm you've ever had in your right? life.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> gosh, seriously. Well, it is like that. And it's and it's just like, oh, and I have to just, I have to just let the energy run through me. Mm-hmm. Um I, and that's what I do. I just stop what I'm doing and just like, hold on, whoever I'm talking to. And and they'll watch me. And it's like I just have to watch it run through me and run its course. And then I'm just I'm like, thank you, Brian. That was an amazing hug that you just gave me. Yeah. So I almost saw him. And that was just like about three weeks ago. So I'm pretty excited for that day to come.
1: I no I know. This, yeah, yeah it's exciting and the veils are you know we use the terms of veils are getting thinner but yeah as the uh, you know as the energy frequencies in this world in this realm in this vibratory experience that we find ourselves in shifts that vibratory experience that he's in and this vibratory experience the the, the expanse is getting more similar and so we have more access to yes. them you know like when i speak with people who hang out with ETs and on ships and stuff. It's like the spirit world and their, and their physical world is, is one world. Like they're talking to spirit as balls of light and, you know, like talking about, are oh, you can, you're going to inc- incarnate into, it's like a part of their reality. It's like it's one world, you know, whereas we, we see the worlds as so separate and the chasm so far apart and yet it is one world it's just a vibratory experience and so when we raise our vibe to be more synchronized and in alignment with that that vibration that realm that he's in then we can have more access to it it's interesting that you say that he created his um uh his little pad after he he transitioned uh, so many people who don't get to experience what they want to experience in this physical experience as the personality create uh, a friend of mine could never travel because she was sick. She was born thalidomide affected by thalidomide, and uh, she died at 40. And, and after she died, she, she traveled the world she, in an astral world. She created the experience of traveling all over the world. So she get to, she got to experience with her boyfriend who also transitioned. Um, she got to experience, what she couldn't experience in life. So it's so interesting how we do that, how we yes. can do that if we choose yes. to, if we want to.
0: Oh yeah, uh, that's beautiful. Good for her. That's That makes me happy too.
1: <laughs> but, you know, as I tune into Brian, I don't see him as the young son that you remember. I see him, there is, um, I don't actually have an identity. It's like, I can't put the face that you've got on your, you know, Facebook page to the energy that i'm perceiving but if i was to create a human uh identity like an older man yes definitely an old soul i, yeah. mean, I Th- that's how he presents to me like because when i think of um you know uh eric medhus you know mm-hmm. I, I, he showed up as this you know teenage boy he, he showed i saw him you know physically with as his teenage boy but I haven't done that with Brian. Like I couldn't do that with Brian. I'm like reaching to see him, but I couldn't find him. And so I let go of trying yeah. to see him as, as he's presented in the photographs. And then, you know, as I see him on the other side, I see him as this, yeah, it, it presents as an older man. Um, yeah. It does. He doesn't really have an identity as an older man, but that's how it's presented to me. It's it's sort of showing me that he's a wise old soul. <laughs> I was
0: just going to use the word wise right when you said that. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he really yeah. is wise, and um, he does depart. He he does depart wisdom and with humor too. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that's interesting. I think too, though, because this conversation is. Um, less, our conversation has been all about, you know, less, less of the human grief and more of the uh, spiritual consciousness awakening, um, you know, into the souls and being able to communicate. So that's perhaps partly why too that you see him on that level yeah I
1: and i see a lot a lot of his teaching is very in alignment with what i teach it's about being the deliberate creator yeah. you know being the script writer of your life yes. like being the creator of your life like if your life is looking one way change the script you know rewatch yes. the story and even the title of your book and and that's why i sort of wanted to connect with you because that's very much what my guides ask me to teach is like take your power back and being the deliberate creator of your life Life, even when you've gone through tragedy, like we talk about on the shows, death is the tragedy that most people see as the worst thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can rewrite the story of our life. It doesn't have to be a life of pain and grief. It can be a life of expansion and um, awareness and light and love. And just like you say, just like everything you say, yeah.
0: It's hard work, though. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. It really isn't because grief is hard. Grief is hard, man. It sucks. It really does. And you have to be um you have to want a happy life you really you have to want that and if you do want that if you can if you can look inside and say what if you could project five years from now and be like, well, what do I want my life to look like in five years? Is this what you still want? You know, do you want to be drowning your sorrows with that wine like I did? You (laughs) know, I only I did it for a month. But you know, do you want to be doing that for five more years? Do you want to be mad at the world and you know, mad at the circumstances that took your loved one away from you? Or, you know, do you want a life that's happy and joyful with your loved one by your side and helping you and guiding you and communicating with you. And like, which of those futures do you wanna create? And then what I do is give people the tools to get there, to get to option B, because if you choose option one, you know, I can't help you. I mean, I'll, I'll hold you in my heart and I'll pray that you make a different, different choice the next day, but I can't, I, I could give you tools all day long and it's not going to help you if you don't want it for yourself. So, you know, we do have to want that. We have to, it's, I call it conscious healing. And um, you know, it's not like I coined that phrase, but it is exactly that it's conscious healing, consciously choosing, to heal, consciously choosing to grow and consciously choosing um, to still have a relationship with their loved one who died because we can.
1: Oh, absolutely. I remember Esther Hicks, you know, as she was channeling Abraham, I'm sure most people know who Esther Hicks. If you don't look it up Uh, you you know she talked as Abraham she used to talk about death all the time you just got to get over this death thing and she was so flippant about it Uh, she said we're so irreverent about death because there is none and then Esther the human Esther goes through the transition of her beloved partner and she's just in grief for about a year and she stops all the Abraham teachings and um, and I was so tapped into to uh, Jerry in spirit at that time Um, probably more so than she was and um, at that time because she was in grief and then when she reconnected with Jerry which was the same connection she'd had with Abraham um, you know she spoke about how you just like you said she said that she's closer to jerry now than she could have ever have been as a physical you know as his wife because he's in his clump and she's in her clump and even though they can come together physically it's not the same as being in your clump of physical flesh and having a soul flow through you and that Mm -hmm. intimacy of that connection of having that soul flow through you and the two consciousnesses inhabiting the same form and how amazing that is. Um, mm-hmm amazing and and the closeness and and intimacy and connection and oneness that you experience is is like nothing that you can experience as to as mother and son or lovers you know as a husband and wife or partners or lovers it doesn't come close so yeah yeah. and so it was beautiful to hear her say that but took her a couple of years to come out and say that took a journey for her as well even though she was this amazing spiritual teacher she still had her own physical journey and the beauty of it was was that abraham spoke about that so often you just got to get over this death thing and then she had that her own experience to give her that um experience of what first hand yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and then
0: and then and it's interesting because then then she can teach it on a on a much deeper level absolutely and and with uh, even
1: though she's channeling yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, even though she's
0: channeling yeah
1: yeah she can still channel it on a more deep yeah absolutely because you know the chat the spirits still use our mind and our belief systems when we're channeling they still have to flow through our you know our minds our brains and yeah our dna oh darling one it's been such a pleasure and um i just want to say to you that uh brian is saying thank you so much thank you mom thank you so much (laughs) thank you so much for what you're doing he's so proud of you and he just like just reverence just deep reverence deep gratitude for what you're doing huge amounts of gratitude I can't express what I'm feeling it's too hard to express wow. what I'm feeling but
0: thank
1: you for um, that. That so yeah sweet. thank
0: you thank you for opening up uh, yourself and your beautiful audience to to ask you know kind of unknowns and uh we um everybody has a story to tell and I appreciate you letting us tell ours thank you so much I, I really appreciate I I just you you are a beautiful soul I I've already subscribed to your podcast so I get to hear more I've been listening to your most more recent things
1: (laughs) oh I know I had the gorgeous Darrell on last week who takes photographs he turns the invisible into the visible takes photographs of orbs and that was a magical show absolutely magical yeah Yeah. so maybe you could I'm not good at taking photo. I can see them physically. Like I've seen lots of flashes and orbs around today. Yeah. Um, Brian's been making himself known as a, as a point of light. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, but I haven't had any um, success actually photographing them, <laughs> but Darrell does, he can't see them with his eyes, but he just gets those shivers like you were talking about. I love
0: all the spirit artists. They're just amazing. You yeah. know, like uh sonia is it sonia rinaldi that does that the spirit yeah amazing it's like, incredible. It's like- wow
1: amazing but, stuff yeah. one of the things in Durrell's show that blew me away was his girlfriend was doing a smudge with some sage oh. and uh, he saw he had seen a white poodle in his mind's eye and then he took this photograph of her and the smoke has formed into a white poodle right above her head and it is so obvious it's like <laughs> oh my god and it was her grandmother's white poodle because her grandmother had died a few years before her and the- oh, that's cool So, yeah, it's amazing. It's all amazing. It's all amazing, amazing. So it is expansion and more fun to come with spirit and more interaction and it's exciting times ahead for humanity and and I thank you for the work you're doing in the world as well.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you and happy holidays. (laughs) Happy holidays.
1: Okay, thanks, Kieran. What a beautiful conversation with Paige. Amazing uh beautiful yeah it was nice to tune in to brian too and spirits. funny how i didn't see him as the 24 year old however old he was when he died uh 23 year old um yeah we were talking before after the show after i finished the recording um you know how he was saying uh, remember the movement there is freedom in the movement cyrus was saying when he had her uh, page on his show that uh, I thought it was brilliant, he said um, maybe he was talking about the spiritual movement, <laughs> There's freedom in the movement. I thought, what a great perspective on that statement. There is freedom when you join the spiritual movement, not necessarily the religious movement, but the conscious awakening movement, the uh, spiritual movement when you connect with your higher self and your spirit guides and uh, your dead relatives or loved ones in spirit or whatever. They, they don't like to be called dead because they kind of feel more alive than most of us here on earth. Uh, But there there is freedom in the movement. I thought that was a great perspective from beautiful Cyrus. Um, And Paige and I were just talking about the dreams that she had too. Um, Anyway, yes, it's uh, so much to discover uh, as we reconnect with our spiritual home while we're flowing through a physical uh, life, a physical mind, body, spirit complex. Mm, the expansion of consciousness it's wonderful isn't it and uh, that we're choosing all of it we're choosing to believe all of it it doesn't really matter what it is that you believe it is a choice which we don't actually feel like it's a choice many of us Um, uh, some people just really argue with that point like if I'm in an accident and my body's smashed up and I can't move anymore, that's not a choice. You know, that wasn't that I, that the fact that I can't move is not a choice. I think of Christopher Reeves, remember Christopher Reeves, who was Superman many years ago, and he was thrown for a horse and he became uh, a paraplegic quadriplegic anyway. And he was a big advocate. He knew that his body could heal. He knew that he could heal the spine, even though, The current allopathic science of the day couldn't do it couldn't repair his spine and have him walk again he knew it was possible anyway he died uh left his body uh you know not having achieved that but i really feel like he'll be back and be a part of the technology and the science uh, be it consciousness science that will show humanity how We can choose that, how all things are possible. As we move on our expansion journey into a new world, into a new world, we're going to see so many things that will become a reality and our truth and possible that we believe are not possible now. All of it. I was just saying to Paige, when I was listening to Esther Hicks channeling Abraham years ago, there was a woman that asked, Someone had said to Abraham, to Esther through Abraham, Abraham through Esther, uh, so do you mean to say that if you chopped off somebody's arm and we believed that the arm could grow back, it would? And Abraham said, yes, absolutely. Which when you think of it from our consciousness, we think it's not possible. But isn't it crazy to think that all things are possible simply when you know it to be your truth? I was saying to Paige also afterwards that when I read in the Seth books years ago that there are only two rules to life, only two. One, you create your own reality, and two, there are no limits. (laughs) There are no limits. And we hear all the time when we hear about near-death experiences or people talking to spirit, their dead loved ones, that just like uh, Brian said that he created his batch pad on the other side, you know, through the mechanism of thought, he created a whole scenario, a whole world uh, where he's in a batch pad because he'd never had that in his physical life because he was a college and living in dorms and he, he had just moved into a um, flat with some friends, but obviously a desire held within the physical lifetime of brian oh i'd love to have my own pad my own batch pad so he created that in spirit and he creates that like if you listen to even elisa med who's um, eric talks about this you know how we can create uh, anything in spirit like go skiing do anything do anything with the technology of mind consciousness the crazy thing is that we can do that here too it's just that we don't know we can do that. And here in this dimension, we have the buffer of time. So when we have a thought that we want to create something, it doesn't manifest instantly like it doesn't spirit. But there is, as above, so below, there is no difference between here and there, only that there's a few rules that change. It's still the same laws apply, but the rules are different in that there is um, a denser reality here. The vibratory rate is slower. So there is this buffer of time. So there is Time between a thought and the manifestation of the thought but also the intensity of the thought like the amount of emotional energy energy and motion behind the thought and the manifestation in what we call our physical reality uh, changes too so the time for each thought differs depending on the amount of energy behind the thought be it a good an angry thought or a joyful blissful thought um, yeah, so there's so much that we're um, coming into awareness about who we are as powerful, deliberate creators and how we create our reality and that all things are possible when we believe it, when we know it to be true. And when we choose to believe something, even though it seems impossible, when we choose to believe it, we can create that reality. Um, again, we have to dovetail with the soul's uh, arrangement or agreements or what we're experiencing to live or experience in this lifetime I was talking about that with my inner sanctum tribe on Monday we were talking about illness and I was saying that I had been told by a healer that in a past lifetime I had been a doctor a few times and that I died frustrated not knowing um, what the difference was in that lifetime between uh, say half a dozen patients with the same illness why they didn't all respond to the same treatment and then so I put that question to my to my group. And I said, why? And, and so I came in in this lifetime with that question as one of the questions I wanted to fulfill in this lifetime, like what, make someone heal and someone not heal like why can't someone with the same disease get the same benefit from a treatment that the other person like what's the difference and obviously it's a consciousness it's a spiritual story and in apparently in those lifetimes i was too scientific i wasn't open to the spiritual part the component the consciousness component which many doctors are still like that today in this in this time on this timeline and um so some souls can come in to experience illness and they don't choose to heal because there's so much benefit for them as a soul, <laughs> as a soul, not a person, um, that the illness is giving them. They're learning to be supported. They're learning what um, compassion is. They're learning what, how to receive. So this, there can be a lot of benefits. So sometimes someone doesn't heal or somebody dies of cancer or whatever because that's what the soul is is choosing so there's yeah but it's all a choice like even if we're choosing not to overcome that's a choice as well and so yeah choice it's the biggest component of who we are as deliberate creations we're choosing it so whatever you're going through be it good bad just know that on some level of your being you've chosen it and when you can tap in to that choice like why am I choosing this? What is the benefit for my soul? Uh, How can I see the silver lining? How can I see the gift? Then you take your power back as a deliberate creator, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Choose to believe. I loved the title of the book, Choose to Believe. Choose to believe that you can, (laughs) even though you believe you can't. Just choose to believe it. Just entertain the thought Try it on i had a girlfriend who died in her early 40s maybe she was in her late 30s Who was such a beautiful being that knocked me around when she left her her body because she had been at my place maybe a year or so before telling me how she wanted to get married and she wanted to have babies and she wanted the house with the white picket fence and all that stuff like just pouring out her desires and then she left her body so young having not fulfilled them in this lifetime and i felt i grieved that she didn't get to fulfill all those things that she wanted i'm sure she created them in spirit just like brian did um after she left her body to sort of experience what she you know some of those desires or she'll come back and experience them in the next lifetime but uh she used to say yeah she was a life coach she used to say try it on she said just like you try on a cardigan or a sweater or a jumper just try on the belief like just try it on for size and if you don't like it you can take it off or try it on like you would try on a new pair of sunglasses try on the thought just try it on this is what she used to say i used to love it try it on and if you don't like it you can always take it off yeah, so we can try on some beliefs that we think are completely impossible. We can just try them on for size and see how they fit. And if they're not, you're not wearing them well. You can take them off and put them on later. But isn't it interesting? Just like a new pair of sunglasses or a new shirt or top, sometimes when you put it on, your identity of who you think you are doesn't match. Um, just like these glasses uh, and you, another know, five dollar pair of uh, magnifiers. You know, I hadn't had this sort of Um, shaped before so I thought "Hmm, I don't know if they suit me and then after you wear them a few times it's just like I can't believe they didn't suit me they just like they just become part of your face so what seems foreign in one moment becomes the normal in the next yeah anyway it's a big conversation it's a conversation I love having how to how we choose to believe how we choose to create our world how we are genius creators Uh, can we be genius deliberate creators in our world Uh, especially coming into 2021 big year ahead can we be more deliberate and how we flow our energy and what choices we make and how we can experience the world even with all the contrast even with all the drama that is to come because there is a lot more to come Uh, yeah the world isn't going to calm down anytime soon (laughs) Uh, so it's up to you guys the light weavers the new world teachers the difference makers to help people uh, navigate the contrast and the um, the deconstruction of old belief systems old patterns old systems to help them navigate that through helping them flow their energy or choose their thoughts in a way that feels good so that you can thrive and enjoy this life while we're here Thanks again for watching, and uh, remember to buy the book *Awakened by Death*. It's full of stories, just like pages of people who have had an amazing awakenings through the death experience. Many of them had their own NDEs. Uh, some of them are extensive and expansive and blow your mind. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful book with many pearls of wisdom from different people's stories, including mine. I've got a story in there. I didn't go into too much detail, but just talks about me hanging out with mum on the other side after she died and, um, and a, another friend, all these dead friends and relatives coming to teach me, <laughs> my teachers. Our teachers don't necessarily have to be just books or people in physical, in physical bodies. They can be teachers, um, just like Brian was a teacher to the person that uh, murdered him and teaching him through that experience. You wouldn't think that being murdered would be a way of teaching someone. But then we've got to think of this world differently. It's not all as it seems like because, we, because death is not a reality from the perspective of spirit. It's just uh, flowing through a physical experience and then withdrawing that energy from that experience. But it's like you don't go anywhere as a spirit. You're still there. You're eternal. You are, this, you are the light. You can't dim the light. Uh, anyway lots of love to you and oh next year for the inner sanctum I have just organized the beautiful Kate Raymond who paints angels and um, does angel readings and messages have a look at the show I did with Kate it's a beautiful show she's the most beautiful artist she's going to come in mid-January uh, I think it's around the 18th, 17th, 18th of January to be our first guest to kick off 2021 with the angels. I thought, I said to Kate on the phone last night, mm, I thought we'd kick off 2021 with the angels because she, she, um, she, we were thinking February, March, you know, trying to match our schedules. And uh, she said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think we need to kick off 2021 with the angels. So that'll be beautiful uh, as she'll be our first guest teacher. And as you know, I'm online every week teaching deliberate creation and helping you share your stories and awaken your spiritual journey i have many people that join the group that go "Hmm, i was just interested because i'm interested in your shows i was just interested in this information and i remind them well there are many groups you can join if you're interested in this information but my group is about activating you as a new world teacher or a difference maker or a light weaver someone that knows from your soul's perspective that you have come Uh, Into this world to help be a part of the shift in human expansion, human potential, human expansion of human consciousness. And um, how do you play that role? So, if you're somebody that feels like you're here to make a difference and you want to discover more about what your role is in the expansion of human consciousness then join us in the inner sanctum and you've got other people to chat with that are all on the same spiritual journey and doing it in a variety of different ways all over the world it's a wonderful group i just love my group they're amazing just love them love you big time Uh, i'll be online again uh, before christmas i've got one more person to chat with before christmas and uh, i don't know if i've got somebody else booked in i think i'm going to have some time off from the show Uh, but I'll see you all again soon big love bye for now